passion and to lead us even closer into the will of God. Amen. Would you put your hands together for him as he comes in? Amen. Would you give that to the Lord right now? Could you just one more time? I know we've praised the Lord in song. We've danced, but could you lift up your voice and just begin to magnify the name that is above every other name? Jesus, we glorify you. We praise you. We exalt you. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the master. You're the one who sits on the throne. And I put my life in your hands, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Praise the name of Almighty God. Would you put your hands together again for Him? Amen. He's the only one that is worthy of our praise. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. You all may be seated in Jesus' name. I want to say just again how uh, thankful we are to be here tonight in Greenfield, Indiana, Faith Apostolic. And I want to say thank you so much to Brother and Sister Reading for having us again. I've, I've actually been invited back a place. That means I must be not doing stuff terribly wrong. Praise the Lord. And so I'm just so thankful. I know he uh, texted me a few months ago and said, would you mind coming back? I said, I'd love to. Uh, I, we, I enjoyed myself last time so much when I was here. And unfortunately, my, my wife could not be with me. They were in Buffalo taking care of her mother who had just had surgery, but I'm thankful that my beautiful wife, Kristen, is here tonight, and our two boys, Benaiah and Xander, that they're here with me. Uh, life is a lot more fun with them at my side, amen, and a lot less lonely, too. Praise the Lord. As you all know, we've been deputizing, moving across the country now for, this is 10 months, and uh, I have wonderful news to share with you. We are just eight partners away from returning back to the nation of Spain. Amen. We give God glory for that. That is, uh, we expect to be done with that by probably the end of February. And so we are chomping at the bit. We can smell the paella in the air all the way on this side of the Atlantic. And uh, we are eager to get back to the nation of Spain uh, where great revival awaits us. I wanted to share just one quick testimony with you. Just this past December in the nation of Spain, they held their 25th anniversary of the work in Spain, the United Pentecostal Church in Spain. And at that uh, conference, there were uh, over 4,000 people who were in attendance in that conference. Nearly 700 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Amen. There were over 80 graduates from our national Bible schools. And I'm here to tell you, God's doing great things in Spain. He's doing great things in Europe. Praise God. And we are happy to be a part of it. Uh, We thank this church for your partnership with us. You're now a part of what's going on in Spain, and we thank you for that. Amen. Um, Before I go too much farther, I would like to um, ask, I know I talked with Pastor about this, and he said most of the people who are going to be here tonight would have been here last time, but there may be some that have not. And so what I wanted to do is I did want to share our video again just so you know kind of where we come from and our background. And then my wife, she's going to get up and and testify and share with you. And then uh, I'm going to preach a little bit. Amen. And then the Holy Ghost is going to move. And if he moves before that, all the better. 
Amen? Are we ready for the Holy Ghost to move? I know pastor said it. If you're here and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you've never received that gift but you'd like to receive it tonight, it's your night tonight. You don't have to leave this place without the Holy Ghost filling your life and filling your spirit. You can receive it. You just need faith in God, and you need repentance towards God, and he will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Is I'm going to ask for if my wife and my two boys would come up. My boys have something they would like to share tonight. They're going to preach a little bit. Is that all right? All right, you guys ready? Yeah. All right. Who's holding the mic? Por tanto, ir y hacer discípulos a todas las naciones. Mateo 28, 19. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's Matthew 28, 19. That says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Amen. Can you give them just another hand clap as my wife shares with you whatever's on her heart? Praise the Lord. God is so good. We're so honored to be with y'all, and I give you and your husband honor. Um, We're so honored to be with y'all tonight in your amazing church. my husband spoke very, very highly of y'all, and, and we're partners. No, we're partners in spreading the gospel to all nations, as my boys just shared with you. We're, we're spreading the gospel together to the nation of Spain. Amen. And I'd like to share a testimony with you about our neighbor. Her name is Madi, who, whether you want to get to know your neighbors or not in Spain, you're going to get to know them because in the morning when you wake up, your window is right there in her window. Her kitchen window is literally about two meters away. So um, you wake up in the morning, you're just kind of waking up, and I, and I hear, Hola, Cristina, buenos dias, como estas? And we just start talking, and you're, you're just very in close proximity with your neighbors. And so Mari, our neighbor became like a grandma to our boys. She just fell in love with our boys. They fell in love with her, and we just connected with her, and she shared how her parents were not believers in God, and so she felt that was her path in life, that she would not be a believer in God. Her parents didn't believe. She had never been to church, and so we just connected with Mari as a friend and loved her, and and she loved the boys, and so we would have her over at, at dinner time and over the kitchen table. We would just share our testimonies and talk about all that the Lord had done in our lives, and and again, we would just have her over for a coffee, sat at the kitchen table and have a coffee. And, and I had offered one time, I said, would you be interested in doing a Bible study? And she said no. And, and I learned later on that she wasn't a very strong reader. And so I suspected that she was maybe intimidated at the thought of a Bible study. And so we just continued to connect with her. And, and we actually did... Bible studies just at the kitchen table. They, we didn't pull out, you know, scriptures necessarily, um, but we talked about how the goodness of the Lord. We shared testimonies, and, and, and she really got to, we got to know each other very well. And because she had shared she wasn't a believer, it took a while before I felt to invite her to church. But Friends Day came along, and um, it also happened to be Pentecost Sunday. And I, I said, Mari, she came over for coffee one day. We were sitting at the kitchen table. I said, Mari, 
would you be interested in coming to our Friends Day at church? And she said, I would love to come and see what it's all about. And she was so excited. I felt convicted because I had waited so long to invite her. And it was so awesome. Even though the devil tried throughout the week to cause, give reason for her not to come, she was up and ready to go at her door at 8 a.m. in the morning. We walked together to church on that Friends Day, that Pentecost Sunday. And my husband preached a very simple message about on the day of Pentecost. And he invited anyone who was willing, who had a heart to repent, to come to the altar. And Madi was up there at that altar. For the first time in church in her life, she stood up. She repented of her sins. And she lifted up her hands. And the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon her in her first time in church. Her prayer of repentance, her thanks to God turned into the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Glory and honor be to our God. There is nothing our past does not determine our future. Our parents for better or for worse do not determine our relationship with God. It is up to us to have our own personal relationship with God. Amen. It's amazing what God can do over a simple thing like a kitchen table. It's over a kitchen table that we've given many, many Bible studies, over a kitchen table that we shared about the goodness of God and the testimonies to our previously non-believing neighbor. And it is because, for that reason, that we want to make sure we have a kitchen table in our home in Sevilla. So we have a shipping project so that we can have a kitchen table. And I'm happy to announce that we have the remaining amount is equal to 70 cents a mile because our home base in Wisconsin, the distance from our home base to Seville, Spain, is 4,161 miles. And so we are asking if anyone feels moved and if their heart is moved by the Lord to sow, I know you're already parting with us, but if anyone did feel to sow more into our ministry, we are asking for 70 cents a mile for the remaining shipping project to get our personal belongings to Spain, which at the moment we need a total of $2,860 to reach our shipping goal, which, like I said, equals about 70 cents a mile to get our kitchen table and personal belongings to our new home in, in Spain. So I just want to thank you all for what you're already doing to preach the gospel, to partner with us and, and spread the gospel, not just here in your hometown, but across the, the nation in Spain. And we rejoice with you. And we look forward to what the Lord's going to do here tonight. Amen. Thank you again for having us. Amen. Would you all stand with me as we go to the reading of the word? We're going to be in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. It's good to see Brother Jonathan and Brother Clark again. Amen. Having two boys, I love seeing boys who are grown up in serving the Lord. And uh, I appreciate the friendship of your family. Amen. Amen. Are we all there? You guys are looking at the screen. The apostles didn't have screens, folks. I'm just teasing. They had iPads, though, pretty sure. Amen. Mark 10. This is a story, a uh, very familiar story when we read it. I'm sure that... Um, uh, You'll recognize that this is blind Bartimaeus, um, but I'd like to talk to us about a specific part of this story. It says in this, and when and they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. 
And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should zip it and hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, or be of good cheer. Rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? It's an interesting question. And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. For just a few minutes tonight, I'd like to preach on this thought, overcoming opposition by faith. Overcoming opposition by faith. Would you close your eyes with me right now? Would you lift your hands and connect with the Lord Jesus as we pray one more time? before the word comes. Lord Jesus, I love you, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord, for this house of the Lord. I'm thankful for the body of believers that's gathered here. Lord, everybody that's under the sound of my voice, Lord, they're here in the sanctuary or they're watching online, God, I bless them in your name. I bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless their spirit and their mind in their body in Jesus' name, Lord. And Father, we take dominion and authority over every infirmity, over every sickness, over every spirit of oppression, over every situation that's coming against your people right now, and we bind it in Jesus' name. Lord, we lose faith in this place. Lord, we lose healing and miracles and the mighty hand of the Lord in Jesus' name to work. If you believe that, would you lift your voice and clap your hands unto Him right now? Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Mark 10 portrays a Jesus that's on the move. From the Galilean city of Capernaum, Jesus and his disciples move southward toward Jerusalem and the triumphal entry of Christ. You see, it would be Jesus' last circuit through ancient Israel before his passion, before his crucifixion. And we read that the great crowds coalesced around him in each city that he passed through. This gives us evidence of the immense influence and popularity that Jesus still had at this time. And interspersed in this movement and fanfare of chapter 10 of Mark, we find that Jesus makes dramatic pauses for two things. One, to instruct his disciples in the way. But two, is to minister to the needs of specific individuals. Sadly, Jesus' disciples and the crowds often serve as hindrances to his ministry in this chapter. While this is not always the case in the Gospels, Mark gives us this account that they are more hindrances 
than conduits of Jesus' ministry and blessing. Yet despite them, despite the disciples, despite the contrarian crowds, Jesus suffers the little children to come to him and blesses them in this chapter. Despite what other people think, in his love for the rich young ruler, Jesus extends eternal life to him. And finally, despite the crowd, Jesus reaches out and heals blind Bartimaeus. You see, on his way to saving the entire world, Jesus was not too busy to stop and minister to the one. He wasn't too busy to overlook the need of one blind beggar sitting on the side of the road because Jesus understood that the world can never be saved if the individual is not saved. Jesus Christ, I believe, if we were to take the temperature of his mood, would be laser-focused on global harvest. He's ready to return. He's coming back soon. The world is on fire. Jesus is on a mission. But he's not too busy to stop and visit us today. He's not too busy to stop and minister to the needs that we've got in this place tonight. We have precious little time to accomplish our task to take the whole gospel to the whole world because we are the whole church. Amen. But how are we going to take this whole gospel to the whole world if we are not whole ourselves? For a few minutes, let's allow Bartimaeus' faith to instruct us in receiving a miracle a breakthrough that you need in your life tonight from God. Does anybody need a breakthrough in their life? Anybody coming up against a barrier that you just can't seem to overcome? I believe the Lord sent us here tonight because God wants to give breakthroughs to somebody's life tonight. If you have faith to receive a breakthrough, would you just lift your hands and praise the Lord right now? Jesus, we need you tonight. We need a breakthrough in our lives tonight. I don't know what the breakthrough is. I know there's some that need healing. I'm sure that, that's not discernment. That's being human in a church with more than three people in it. Praise God. People need healing. But that may not be the breakthrough you really need. Maybe the breakthrough you need is being filled with the Holy Ghost tonight. Maybe the breakthrough you need is deliverance in your mind tonight. Maybe you need God to deal with a legal situation. I don't know. But I'm telling you, the God who is of the breakthrough is in this place tonight. And He wants to minister to His people. Commentators disagree about the meaning of the name Bartimaeus. Some sources indicate that it could be interpreted as the son of fame or honor or others the son of shame. Hallelujah. 
As a blind beggar, I do not think that Bartimaeus was in a position of fame or honor. I doubt that Bartimaeus was considered the darling of the city that he was in, in Jericho. Many likely moved to the other side of the street, avoiding eye contact with good old blind Bartimaeus, not wanting to look over, not wanting to walk too close, lest they'd be betrayed by the sound of their footsteps because they didn't have any spare change in their dash. Amen. Anybody ever felt that way? You pull up to a stoplight at the median, there's someone there holding out a sign, and you don't have anything to give them, you just keep looking straight ahead. You don't have to tell me, I know. We all do it. Bartimaeus became a permanent fixture. He was constantly clamoring for money or for food, whatever he needed to beg for in those days. And just like our neighbor's dog who constantly barks at night, at some point, hopefully, you learn to block it out. Amen. He was the background noise. Now, if you're the person with the dog, don't say anything. Amen. If that's you. But on this day, his keen ears heard Jesus passing by. I believe that his blindness, like all people who lose a sense, their other senses are sharpened. And I believe that his blindness would have sharpened his hearing and it would have sharpened maybe his smell and it would have sharpened his touch. These other things that he had to depend on because of his blindness. And there was something he heard in the crowd or something he understood that betrayed the presence of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you that the number one lesson we can take from blind Bart, if I can call him that, is that he was unconcerned about the opinion of others. Bartimaeus did what he knew best when he heard Jesus walking by. He cried out for help. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now they were used to him begging. But something about what Bartimaeus did broke character. And the crowd became angry with him. Evidently, this was more than what the crowd thought was proper and fitting of a beggar. And so the crowd attempts to add muteness to Bartimaeus' blindness. And they say, be quiet. We don't mind you begging for money. We don't mind you begging for food. But know your place. This is an important person. He doesn't have time for you. We're doing some important stuff over here. And you just don't matter. Imagine the audacity of a crowd who will shout down a blind beggar looking for healing. They didn't care what he needed. Now, poor old Bart had immense pressure on him to be quiet. Consider this. You're immobile. You're blind. You're in a city. You're well known. And they're telling you to be quiet. This is your cash cow. This is your livelihood. These are the people that are going to drop a coin in your cup or not drop a coin in your cup. And they're telling you, you need to be quiet. And if you don't, you are risking your very livelihood because they're saying, don't mess this up for our city. Don't mess this up for our church. Don't mess this up for us. But you know what? Bartimaeus understood that he was risking the pittance of a life that he had for something greater. 
He didn't care. He doubled down on Jesus and he cries out louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Instead of fearing what he might lose, he focused on what he might gain. You see, faith risks what we have, the scraps that we have because of our own abilities and our own talents and what we've worked for. And it launches out into the supernatural and says, I know this is what the world tells me to expect. I know this is what I should be content with, but there's something inside me. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to launch out and I'm going to believe God for something greater in my life. I don't believe God wants me to settle for the scraps. I believe I'm a son of God. I believe I'm bought with the blood. I believe he has blessing for my life. I wonder if there's anybody that feels that way tonight. I've settled for the scraps too long. I've lived with the leftovers too long. But it's time to inherit the kingdom. I'm tired of playing it safe. For the scraps, I'm going to take a risk so that I might have abundance in my life and the blessing of Almighty God. In his humble position, Bartimaeus learned an important lesson. I hope we all learn it at some point. What other people think of me is not important. Now, we don't want to be terrible and rude to people. You understand what I mean. But other people's opinions is not all that matters. And he decided, I'm not going to listen to the crowd. I'm not going to listen to fear. I'm not going to listen to doubt. I'm not going to listen to the opposing voice in my life. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to listen to faith. And we have to do the same. we got to put our expectations aside, our social reservations, our expectations about Pentecostal church, and we've got to connect with Jesus. We've got to connect with God. We've got to prophesy the promise, not the prognosis of the doctor. Prophesy what God's Word says, not what the doctor said. He may have given you some bad news but you can still claim the promise and you can prophesy it over your life but you got to be willing to take the risk you got to be willing to step out and have faith and say I don't care what they think about me I don't care if they think I'm nuts Jesus said I'm healed I'm whole I'm blessed I'm the head and not the tail I don't care what the quarterly jobs report said. I don't care how bad inflation is. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If I need something, it's in his power to give it to me. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm the first. I'm not the last. Some of you need to change your mind. It's not that I'm not blessed. No, I am blessed. I'm blessed in the field and in the city. Wherever I go, God's hand is going to bless me. God's hand is going to increase me. He's going to give me favor. We need a mindset change. Children of the king. We got to not worry about what other people think of us. We were in Bangladesh in October. 
And I, I, at that conference, I thought, saw crusade. Sorry, it wasn't a conference. I saw over 10,000 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Life-changing experience. Thousands testified of miracles. Blind eyes were opened. Tumors disappeared. And the faith of the Bangladeshis really challenged me. You see, most of them live in abject poverty. And during the altar call, people would grab the feet of the ministry team as they moved through the crowd to pray. They would grab your hand off of someone else's head, and they would put it on their head because they believed if you just touched them, their need would be met. They believed with all their heart. And they didn't care what the 10,000 people next to them thought about it. They wanted to get what they needed. They needed a miracle. And there was one couple that showed Bartimaeus-like faith in Bangladesh. And they came uh, to the ministry team's tent after the second night. All, everything was done. People were going. They're trying to get us on the buses to leave in, the, in a big crowd. And this couple comes in. They press their way into the, the tent where the ministers are sitting and preparing to go home. And they brought their baby daughter, who was maybe 18 months old. And they were crying. And obviously, I didn't speak their language. None of us did. And so somebody that interpreted came over and said, you know, she's very sick. Uh, she can't sleep. She can't sit down. There's something very, very wrong with her. She was deformed in her body, we eventually learned. And as you looked at her, when she opened her eyes, you'd see her eyes roll into the back of her head. She was unable to focus. But this young man and his wife, they were Hindu. They were Muslim. They were something. They were not Christian. But they wanted Jesus to touch their daughter. So I began to pray for the baby. And as I prayed for the baby, the rest of the team came around. And we began to pray for the baby. Others prayed for the baby. Many, many of us were there. And we were praying and crying out to God and saying, we speak healing over this child. Do a miracle, Lord, in this baby's life. Well, I have to tell you, in that moment, there was nothing that happened. But we departed in faith, believing the promises of God. The next night, that family returned carrying their little girl. And this time, they weren't crying. They had smiles on their faces. And through the translator, they told us, she's better. She's better. And when she opened her eyes, her eyes could track with you. And she could watch what was happening. That night, both of those parents received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Could you show that first picture, that first testimony of that young man holding that little girl? Listen, the same God in Bangladesh is the same God that's here tonight. He's able to do a miracle in your life. He's able to take the situation that you're holding and turn it into good. Just got to not be concerned what people think about us. If we got to press to the front, press to the front. Second thing Bartimaeus did is he was convinced of the power and mercy of Jesus. The blind man invest, addresses Jesus with a messianic title, demonstrating he had great spiritual vision despite his physical blindness. I wish we could see things as clearly as blind Bart does. He calls him son of David, which credited him with the throne of, and the kingdom of Israel and made him a descendant of David. 
In other words, he confessed that Jesus was the Christ, that he was God's anointed, that he was the one who would come and deliver Israel and save her from her enemies. Now, I don't know if blind Bartimaeus knew this prophecy or not, but in Isaiah 35, 4 through 6, it says, Say to them that are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come, and he will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap as a deer, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. You see, our beggar recognized the true nature of Jesus Christ. He was Lord. He was the Savior. He was Jehovah Rapha. And what he was saying is, Jesus, I know you're the king. I know you're the big guy. I know you're the one that sits on the throne with all power and all authority. You've got the power to heal my body. You've got the power to save my family. You've got the power to deliver my soul from fear. You've got the power to save my marriage. Do you believe Jesus is who he says he is tonight? Bible tells us he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's who he is. Jesus says, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Greenfield, Indiana, and in all of Indiana, and in the United States, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So I'm going to give you power. You're going to overcome every obstacle. Because I'm going to give you this power. Because I need you. I need you to open your mouth and tell the whole world who I am. I need you to open your mouth and tell the whole world what I've done for you and what I can do for them. You can receive that power tonight. Bartimaeus, he was convinced of the power. He was convinced of the position of Jesus. He was convinced that Jesus was merciful. We don't talk about mercy much. But nine notable miracles in the New Testament are associated with Jesus' mercy. You know what that means? It means you don't get what you deserve. It's just mercy. I don't have time to preach about mercy. But we need to fall into the arms of the mercy of the Lord. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve anything that the Lord's given us. But we know he's merciful. We know he cares about our suffering and our illnesses. We know he cares about our situations. And if we can just have faith in his power, in who he says he is, we can receive something from the Lord tonight. Do you believe that? Would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now? I'm trying to hurry here. Three is Jesus mastery over the opposition. Bartimaeus understood, or he would soon understand, Jesus' mastery over the opposition. You see, amid the cries for mercy, Jesus intervenes. And in verse 49, Jesus commands the crowd to bring Bartimaeus to him. Now, there must have been some sort of shouting match between Bart and the crowd. 
because he's crying. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And they're crying, excuse me, be quiet, shut up, don't speak. So there's something happening here. And and Jesus must have uh, understood what was going on. And, And Jesus maybe could hear him. But there would have been no way for him to discern Jesus' voice out of the myriads of voices that were shouting him down. So in my thinking, Jesus understood something has got to be done. The the opposition has got to be silenced. And the distance between me and the man in need has got to be closed. And so Jesus flexes his absolute authority and power. And he says, bring them to me. So who? I don't know. But somebody fights their way through the mass of people. And these newly deputized helpers finally reach Bartimaeus. And they say, cheer up. He's calling you. Now it's not unusual if you read the Bible for Jesus to say, be of good cheer. To those he's ministering to. He does it at least in three different occasions. But this is the only place in the Bible where he sends somebody else to speak these words. And it is the opposing crowd. It is the opposition that is trying to silence Bartimaeus. It is the opposition that is trying to rule your life. But in one verse... In one word, the crowd changes from the antagonist to the ambassador of Christ. They change from the foe to the friend. In just one word from God, your opposition can become the thing that blesses you. God's not limited in his power. Let me... Let me exemplify this with a testimony. I'm hurrying as fast as I can. We were in Barcelona, Spain, and we were working with a daughter church outside of Barcelona in El Prat. It was the name of the city. And we felt in prayer helping this pastor that we were to have like a crusade, a mini crusade in that city to help this church that was struggling there. And it would take place on Easter weekend. Due to COVID, this, this happened, I believe, in 2022 would have had to. And so the, the nation was still coming out of COVID and the government and certainly the people were very anxious about crowds, e- even in the churches. And so by faith, we applied for a permit with the city to use one of their cultural centers. And it was perfect. It was beautiful. It didn't have a C7, but it was close. I just learned all about the C7. Amen. I can't buy it, but I can. It is beautiful, amen. And so they said, you know, it had, it had sound, it had seats, it was, had a stage. I, I could visualize the people coming to the altar to get prayed for. And our, our thought was if we could just get 50 guests, 50 people, Maybe, maybe not even 50 guests, just 50 people. If they'll show up, we could have a huge catalyst for this church in this city. The church had no contacts in the city. 
And so after weeks of waiting, after hours of paperwork, visits to the city hall, hours on the phone with the city hall people, we learned that our application had been denied. Opposition. They could give us no legitimate reason as to why they had denied our permit. They told us that's not what cultural centers are used for. I said, that's not very cultured of them. Amen. And I remember... On that phone call, after that phone call, we were in our apartment, and I remember my wife saying, by faith, God must have something better for us. If we could only believe that tonight. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what the opposition is, but whatever it is, you got to tell yourself, God must have something better for me. God's fixing to turn this opposition around. The city official suggested an open-air venue in the park, Park No, the most well-known city park in the Barcelona area. And so we began to feverishly work the permit process all over again so that we could be ready for Easter weekend. And after many additional hours of investment, me pestering and pestering people in the city hall, uh, we got our permit approved, praise God. It was the first weekend that broke 70 in Barcelona that year. The sound people gave us three to four times the equipment that we paid for. And for three hours on Saturday afternoon, we blared gospel music through the entire city of El Prat. And we let the principalities know of that city and that region. We're not intimidated by a little bit of opposition. Opposition is the norm, but we try. Trust in the Lord our God. Can you show that first picture? We had more than 50 in attendance. Our ushers counted over 300 people that were in attendance at that concert that day. Brother Herod preached a 10-minute testimony on the gospel, and then we prayed. There were three people filled with the Holy Spirit right there in the park, and two were baptized in a portable tank right there in the steps of that uh, uh, the platform there. There's one, and there's two. That first one also received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We didn't know it. We didn't feel it. But the entire time, God was using the opposition to do something greater than we could understand or imagine in that city. Now, I know some of you are facing opposition. You're facing spirits of infirmity. They're fighting your health. You got spirits of oppression that are warring against your mind. There's maybe antichrist spirits which are warring against this church. But I'm here to bring a word from the Lord. He is master over the opposition. He is Lord over the opposition. Have faith in the midst of your opposition. Jesus is here today and he's ready to issue some edicts from the throne. He's ready to do something. Would you stand with me all across this place right now? He's getting ready to do something in this place right now. He sees the opposition you've been facing. He sees the fights you've been having. But that does not mean he's not in control. He's still Lord. He's still Christ. What the devil sent to destroy you, God is going to use to bless you.
But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass out as it is this day to save much people alive. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his person purpose. I'm telling you, cheer up. Be encouraged. God's calling you. Today's your day. I want you right now, if you have a need in your life, I want you to come and come to this altar right now. If you are facing any kind of opposition, maybe it's sickness in your body. You may be facing financial difficulty. I felt that very strong while I was preaching. That there's some people who are really facing financial problems. You don't have to share that. But I want to tell you that God is able. God's your source. He's the provider. We're going to pray here. I want to ask if you tonight are struggling. You say, I I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what the problem is. If I knew, I'd do something about it. But you would say, I can't put my finger on what the problem is. But I can tell you this, I've never received the Holy Ghost. If that's you, I'm telling you, you receive the Holy Ghost and things will change in your life. When we have the Holy Ghost, we don't need to put a finger on it. He'll put the finger on it. Bible says he intercedes with us. He makes intercession for us with the Holy Ghost so that the things we don't even know to pray, He prays for us so that we can receive deliverance and so that we can receive healing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stretch your hand right now towards this precious sister? God's touching her right now. Can we just pray right now in faith over her? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I know you mean Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to give one last chance. If you're not up here, but you know you need to be, I want to give you one more chance to come up. Now, I'm not, it isn't about coming to the front. That, that's some magical thing. It's about taking a step of faith and humbling ourselves like blind Bartimaeus did and saying, yes, I'm willing to step out. Yes, I'm willing to come up. Yes, I'm willing to let people know that I've got a need that I need God's help with. I feel there's someone maybe that still needs to come. Thank you for coming. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. You can just entertain the presence of God. I want to ask very quickly. I I don't want to change what God's doing here. But I do want to ask if someone would say, I do want to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost tonight. I've never received it. I've never had that experience. But I want it tonight. Would you just wave at me right now? Amen. Is there anybody else? Amen. Anybody else? I saw two hands, I believe. Is there three? I see you, sis. I see you, sis. Amen. Amen. This is what I want us to do. 
because there's folks who are wanting to receive the Holy Ghost. I want us to pray repentance together. And I'm not trying to break what's going on, but we must repent if we want to receive the Holy Ghost. We must tell the Lord, we're not going to live our way, we're going to live your way. And so we're going to take time to do that right now. If you just close your eyes with me and put into words how sorry you are for your sin, God will heal you, hear you and He will forgive you. Lord Jesus, I come to you, Lord, and I confess to you that I'm a sinner, Lord. I need your forgiveness, Father. I'm sorry. I've done things which are sinful. I've done wrong, Father. Lord, I've, I've, I've said wrong things and I've looked at wrong things. God, I've listened to wrong things and I've done wrong things. Father, forgive me. I'm sorry. Jesus, I, I've disobeyed, Lord, and I've acted stupidly. And Lord, I've, I've done things that are selfish and greedy and, and I've lied, Lord. Forgive me right now. Cleanse my heart. Cleanse my motives. I don't want to live my way. I want to live your way. I don't want to do things my way. I want to do things the right way. I want to obey your word. I want to pursue after you. Change my heart. Change my life. Fill me with your spirit. Baptize me with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Would you just thank Him one time for forgiveness? Would you just say, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for the cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're going to pray together. And, and, and I know you've, you guys are familiar with me, and, and we're going to pray the same way. I, I want us to be in that posture to receive where we are got our hands lifted and our head lifted and where we are giving thanks to God for what we need. Right, that we're going to give thanks to God for what we need. We're not going to beg Him for it. We're going to trust in His promises tonight that He said we're healed, that He said He'd give us the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to do that. Would you all lift your hands with me? When I speak the word of faith, you're going to feel the Holy Ghost come upon you. Those that need the Holy Ghost, I want you to give yourself to the Lord. I want you to submit yourself to Him and allow Him to speak through you. But you must speak if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus, once again, right now, I bind every fear. I bind every doubt in this room. I bind every infirmity and spirit of opposition in Jesus' name. Lord, and I lose healing and miracles and the Spirit of the Lord by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name of Jesus. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye healing. Receive victory over your opposition. Now lift your voice and give God praise right now all across this place. That's it, that's it. Keep worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's praise God for one filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Let's keep pressing. Let's keep praying just a little more, FAC.
If you want to go and pray with someone, let the Holy Ghost direct you right now and pray with your neighbor and begin to speak healing into their life and deliverance into their life. Hallelujah. Can we praise the Lord for another filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Just let the Holy Ghost direct you right now. There's a spirit of ministry right now kind of moving through this sanctuary. Just let Him direct you right now. And uh, I know that. At the beginning, Pastor had us join together. And I just, you don't necessarily have to go to somebody. If you're willing to, you can. But there's somebody maybe here. I would just want you to pray for somebody in this room right now. Would you do that with me just before we go? And just pray that the Lord would strengthen them. You can go to them. You can pray at a distance, whatever is appropriate. But before we leave, the unity of the body is so powerful. Knowing sometimes that we're not alone, that we have a friend, a flesh and bone friend. Just just pray for them right now. Just a minute or so. Let them know they're not alone. Thank you, Jesus, for my brother. Thank you, Jesus, for my sister. I bless them. Lord, I'm here to bear their burdens with them. Let them know they're not alone, that they don't have to go through anything alone, but that you're with them and that I'm here. Help them, encourage them. Let their faith be lifted up this week. Let them confess and speak victory over their lives. In the name of Jesus, for we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you clap unto the Lord one more time? Amen. Amen. I just... I want to say thank you for allowing my family and I to be here. Thank you for your faith and the prayer. What a beautiful spirit of the Lord is here tonight. Pastor, thank you for having us and for the liberty to minister. Please come and.